Last week, we began a new study in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Uh, Proverbs, of course, primarily written by King Solomon, whom God had granted wisdom in greater measure than any man who had ever lived. And so over these next several months, we are going to sit at the feet of the wisest man in history as he speaks to us on many different areas of our everyday life in which we all need wisdom to navigate them well. We said last week that everyone starts off in life simple, or you could say ignorant. We all have to learn wisdom. The wise are those who receive instruction from people teaching and from life's experiences. Uh, They learn, they grow in their wisdom, and then they apply it. And so they make good decisions that lead to a flourishing and successful life. The fool is the person who rejects wisdom, uh, seeking temporary pleasure instead, and he ends up in chaos and disaster. And so we saw that Proverbs presents wisdom and folly in chapters 8 and 9 as voices calling out to the simple ones. Uh, Folly offers temporary pleasure and a life of ease. Wisdom offers true success and blessing, a meaningful and rich, abundant life obtained through hard work. And each of us walking along the path of life is being pulled by these two forces. Uh, They urge us in opposite directions, and hence why we have the image of the split path uh, on the screen. It represents the fact that all of us have to choose one path or the other. Uh, Either we will walk in the way of wisdom, or we will fall into the trap of folly. Well, last week was a lot of introduction to the book of Proverbs. Today we're going to begin actually diving into some specific passages of the book, uh, looking at the topic of wisdom. Just to give you an outline of where we're going, we're going to consider what Proverbs says about the value of wisdom, the pursuit of wisdom, and the foundation of wisdom. So first we have the value of wisdom. If you have a Bible, uh, Proverbs 24, we're going to be hopping around a little bit this morning. Uh, Feel free to try to keep up uh, if you can. I think it would be helpful for you to see them on your page, but we are going to be looking at uh, several passages. Wisdom is presented in Proverbs as the most valuable commodity in life. Uh, We said last week, wise choices made over a long period of time lead to a rich and successful life, a life without regrets, a good life. And Proverbs 24 shows us various ways in which wisdom leads to success. And so if you're there in Proverbs 24, we'll begin reading in verse 3. By wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise counsel, you can wage war, and in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Wisdom is too high for a fool. In the gate, he does not open his mouth. One quick note there on verse 7, which Uh, refers to the fool not speaking in the gate. Uh, Understand that the gate of the city was the court. Uh, It was where the leaders would sit and make decisions for the people. And so the wise people of the city, the elders of the city, would be called to the gates, and they would give advice, and they would provide leadership. And so naturally, uh, wisdom would be especially highly valued when it comes to making decisions for a city. Proverbs 24 is teaching us that wisdom is the stuff that leads to success in life. Whether it's establishing a family in verse 3, earning wealth in verse 4, fighting an enemy and winning in verses 5 and 6, or leading a group of people well in verse 7. 
Wisdom helps you in all areas of life to experience success. This passage also teaches us that wisdom helps you to make the most of the opportunities in life that you have. Look down at verse 5 where it says, A man of knowledge, and it's speaking here in a military context, it says he enhances his might. And then here's how he does that, verse 4, I'm sorry, verse 6. For by wise, count, by wise guidance you wage war and you win. So wisdom can help you take what you already have and increase its potential. Having strength in war is good. Having wisdom can grow and increase that. It can help you to best strategize and use that strength to make it even more effective. Uh, this is, of course, true in many areas of life outside of just military conquests. Uh, think of finances, for example. Money is a useful tool. I think we all recognize that. Money with wisdom can grow and can increase and can become even more valuable. Whereas money without wisdom will be wasted. And so one of the reasons that wisdom is such a valuable commodity, according to Proverbs 24, is that it's widely applicable. Uh, you see several different areas of life just in those verses that Proverbs says wisdom will help you. And then the, sec the second reason it's so valuable is that it helps us make the most of all of life's other commodities. Now, whatever else in life is valuable by itself, wisdom can increase its value and its potential. Next, Proverbs 3, if you want to turn there. Uh, here we will see the blessing that is on the one who has wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse 13, says, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. So the, so the profit is greater than wealth or riches, because wisdom leads to success in everything, not just wealth, but also relationships, health, long life, reputation, everything in life. Verse 15, she is more precious than jewels, speaking of wisdom, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Wisdom is better than any of the world's riches because wisdom gets you things that money cannot buy. Uh, wisdom provides benefits to your life that no amount of money can. Verse 16, long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Such an interesting expression. Wise living is pleasant and peaceful. It's the good life. Proverbs 3.18, she, again speaking of wisdom, is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold, fat, hold her fast are called blessed, or happy, you could translate that. The tree of life signifies fruitful and productive living. Of course, this is Genesis imagery. Uh, in the Garden of Eden, you remember Adam and Eve are placed there with two trees in the middle, which represent two choices. Uh, the tree of life, or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You could call it the tree of life and the tree of death. Those two trees represented two options for those first humans. Either submit to God way, God's ways and experience life as he intended it, forever life in a good and perfect world that he created for you. Or you can reject God's authority. You can seek to define good and evil on your own and ruin everything. You can reject what God says good and evil is and choose to be your own authorities by eating from that tree. And of course, they chose the wrong tree. 
The tree of life would have let them live forever in tranquility and beauty, having all their needs supplied in a perfect relationship with God, with each other, and with the flourishing world that God had created for them. Instead, they chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because they wanted to be like God instead of letting God be God and humbly submitting to his rule. Well, Proverbs is saying that we each have that same choice in front of us. If we continue to reject God's ways, we are eating from that tree of death. But through wisdom, we can experience the good life as God intended it. We can choose to lay hold of the tree of life that Adam and Eve foolishly rejected. In other words, nothing in this life gets you closer to the Eden ideal as God intended life to be than wisdom. Verse 19, the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. Uh, More on this in a minute, but the point is, because God established the world to operate according to the principles of wisdom, because those things are embedded in the very world as God made it, it is impossible to live successfully in his world apart from wisdom. Uh, That's like trying to paddle upstream in a river. I don't know if you've ever tried that. Uh, Me and my brother tried that once, tried to go the opposite direction of the flow of a river, and it was a very slow-moving river, at least it looked like it, Uh, but it's basically impossible. You cannot paddle against the flow and get anywhere. And that's what it's like to try to live in this world apart from God's wisdom. You're fighting against the current of how God made the world. Verse 21, My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and ornament for your neck. Do not lose sight of wisdom. If wisdom is more valuable, as Proverbs says, than all of the wealth of the world, if wisdom is so powerful that God used it to create the universe, then surely wisdom is too precious to turn our eyes away from it for a single moment. Verse 23 When you get wisdom, it says, then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. Uh, Talking about how wisdom keeps you from making serious mistakes in life that have disastrous consequences. Living without wisdom is like walking around the house with the lights off. Uh, My wife can tell you stories about this. I have a real problem with stubbing my toe. And I'm not talking about a, a little thing here and there. Like my toes are literally turned uh, because I stubbed them so hard. Uh, sometimes I've had them, you know, bleed. I've had the whole toenail come off, uh, turns purple for a few days. It's a, it's a real problem. Uh, but I've gotten better about this. But at our, at our old apartment, there's also just the natural instinct. Whenever I stub my toe really bad, I just punch whatever's closest to me. And so there were holes in our walls. There was a big dent in our door uh, from where my toe uh, caught something. But walk, living foolishly is like walking around with the lights off. Eventually, you're going to run into something. You're going to stumble. Wisdom turns on the lights. Well, walking in wisdom helps you see life more clearly. It helps you make a better choice with each step to avoid danger so you don't hurt yourself and those around you. In other words, wisdom keeps you from stumbling your way through life. Verse 24, if you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. 
Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. So God's blessing is on the wise. And Proverbs 3 tells us we can live confidently and without fear if we choose to walk in the way of wisdom. Uh, Turn a few pages to the right and you'll be in Proverbs chapter 8. We're going to begin in verse 22 of Proverbs 8. Once again, Solomon here presents a description of how God created the world through wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 8, beginning with verse 22. Again, this is wisdom speaking. Wisdom says, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. So wisdom is claiming to be foundational to every creative act of God in the universe. Before anything was made, before Genesis 1, wisdom was there with God. Verse 24, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the foundations of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundation of the earth, then I, wisdom, was beside him, like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of men. Uh, Note the theme. This is going to be seen throughout Proverbs that wisdom brings joy everywhere that it it goes. Uh, Joy in creation, joy in its very existence. The joy of life is found in the presence of wisdom. And now verse 32, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. So wisdom says, because I have been with God from the beginning of all God's acts, Because God delights in me, if you stick with me, you'll be inviting God's blessing into your life. My ways are God's ways. Walking in the way of wisdom is walking in the way of God himself. If God created the world through wisdom, then it stands to reason that our best life in this world that God has made for us would be found in following the wisdom that God has embedded in his creation. Uh, Remember how we said last week that Proverbs provides for us practical advice for living as a follower of God in the world that he has created. And that last part of the definition there comes straight from Proverbs 8. Because God made the world through wisdom, living wisely is living in accordance with harmony. Uh, Living living in in harmony, I'm sorry, with reality. It's Uh, living in the way as God designed life to work. If you want to live well in God's world, you need to get to know God's wisdom. Uh, Who would know better how to live in the world than the one through whom the world was created? And according to Proverbs 8, that is wisdom. And so wisdom says in verse 33, continuing on, hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself 
All who hate me love death. Rejecting wisdom and choosing to live life your own way will bring you nothing but pain and disaster. Uh, Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, rejecting the tree of life and seeking to make your own decisions and determinations what good and evil is doesn't make you wise, as the serpent said. It makes you the epitome of a fool. It doesn't give you life, it brings you death. And so Proverbs urges us to choose wisdom. Two more very brief passages on this point on the value of wisdom. First, Proverbs 24, verse 13, which says, My son, eat honey, for it is good. And the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Now, in the ancient world, they didn't have ice cream. They didn't have Oreos. They didn't have any of that good stuff. But they did have honey. That was the sweet thing to them. That was a treat. And honey is a very unusual thing. It tastes good, it's very sweet, and it's actually good for you. Uh, Honey provides antioxidants, it helps heal wounds, it helps with digestion, it soothes a sore throat, it even helps your brain function. And it's sweet. So it tastes good, and it's good for you. I think it's like the only food that fits both of those criteria. And that's what Proverbs says wisdom is like. Wisdom is good for you, and it brings joy. It's all-around positive. Wisdom brings both pleasure and profit to the one who finds it. One more proverb on the value of wisdom, short and simple, Proverbs 16, verse 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Now, if wisdom really is that valuable... If we really believe what the Bible says here, that what it's telling us about the great benefits of wisdom that it will bring to our lives, then it follows that we would seek after wisdom and do everything we possibly can to acquire it. Uh, Think of what we do for money. Okay, All of us do certain things for money. Uh, I go to work 40 hours a week for money. Think about how much time that is of my week, just dedicated essentially to earning a paycheck. Uh, I, I trade in the stock market. I research investments in order to increase the money I have saved. I look for ways to save money by learning to do things around my house. This past winter, my furnace broke down. I didn't want to have to pay somebody to come fix it, so I went on YouTube and figured it out. Uh, it would have been a lot easier to hire somebody else, but I want to save a little bit of money. And you guys do this as well, maybe in different ways. Uh, some of you are big into coupons. My wife is good with that sort of stuff, finding deals and ways to save money that way. We go into all sorts of efforts in order to make or maintain money. Uh, Some of you work long hours in order to earn money. You take those overtime shifts every chance that you get. Uh, None of that's wrong, by the way. Everything I just said is is, uh, good, and these are often wise decisions. My point is, we expend a lot of time and effort in the pursuit of money because we recognize its value. And Proverbs is telling us that wisdom is even more valuable. And so if we believe that, it follows that just like I take certain actions and I spend huge amounts of time each week uh, trying to acquire money, if wisdom is more valuable and brings greater benefits, I ought to pursue it even more diligently. So here's a question for each of us to consider. What actions have you taken in the last 30 days to earn money? I think if you think about it for a while, probably all of us have done something. What actions have you taken in that same period of time to increase your wisdom? For a lot of us, I fear the answer may be 
close to nothing. We don't value wisdom the way that God wants us to. And this brings us to our second point from Proverbs chapter 2, if you want to turn there. Our next point is the pursuit of wisdom. So we've seen the value of wisdom. Proverbs makes clear that wisdom is valuable. It has incredible worth. It brings great benefits. And so it should be the quest of our lives to seek after wisdom. Proverbs 2, beginning with verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding." Uh, You see from verse 1 down to verse 4 how the actions that we are called to keep intensifying. It starts off in verse 1 saying, receive words of wisdom, uh, treasure them. Verse 2 says, make your ears attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. So that's like, you know, listening intently, uh, looking for wisdom. Verse 3 says we're supposed to call out for insight, we're supposed to raise our voice for understanding. So now we're not just passively listening and receiving wisdom, we're actually asking questions in an effort to gain more wisdom. And then verse 4 says, seek it like silver. Search for wisdom like hidden treasures. And that's the part that I want to focus on. We are supposed to pursue wisdom. We're supposed to pursue it like a treasure. People do a lot to find treasure. Uh, Just imagine that you found out that there was some treasure somewhere. I mean, what lengths would you be willing to go to acquire that treasure? You might travel across the world if you had to. You might dedicate years of your life to the pursuit of this treasure. You might even steal the Declaration of Independence. People do crazy things for... Some of you didn't get that. Uh, People go to extreme measures to acquire treasure. And God says that kind of drive, that kind of focus, that lifelong quest is how we ought to think about wisdom. It's something to chase after. It's worth seeking diligently. Uh, Proverbs 4 is relentless on this. Uh, Look at verse 5. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. And then I love verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Do you get it? Uh, Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. There's an urgency here. Whatever else you do in life, make sure that you get wisdom. Verse 8. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. My son, I'm sorry, hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her for she is your life. In other words, if you want a good scholarly summary of what we just read, Proverbs 4 is telling us, say to wisdom, I'm never going to give you up. 
never going to let you down, never going to run around and desert you. Uh, If you value wisdom highly, you will devote your life to the pursuit of wisdom. Nobody becomes wise on accident. Uh, Proverbs doesn't just call us to be teachable and willing to hear instruction from others. It goes a step further. It says we should be actively seeking wisdom. Go get it. Here are just a few rapid-fire Proverbs all making this point. Proverbs 23.12 says, Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to the words of knowledge. Proverbs 23.23, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Proverbs 15.14, The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feed on folly. Are you in your heart seeking after knowledge? Are you pursuing wisdom? Proverbs 18.15, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Uh, Here's a good one. Proverbs 17.24, The discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. So the fool's goals and ambitions in life are just kind of all over the place. He's easily distracted. The sensible person keeps his focus, keeps his eyes, literally the NLT says, he keeps his eyes glued on wisdom. Proverbs 22, 17, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips. So notice, don't just hear wisdom, but keeps the words of wisdom at the forefront of your mind. They should be on the tip of your tongue. Uh, One of my personal goals over these next few months of just kind of immersing myself in Proverbs is I would like to be able to quote Proverbs more to myself and to others. Uh, The more that we read and are familiar with the book of Proverbs, they should be on the forefront of our mind. And then they should begin to guide us in our life. So wisdom is supposed to be the pursuit of our life. And the question is, do you seek after wisdom? What are you doing actively to try to become a wiser person? Is this one of your top priorities? In other words, if God were to grant to you any request like he did Solomon, if God appeared to you in the night and said, I'll give you anything that you want, would you, like Solomon, have wisdom at the top of your list of desires? Five very quick tips on how to gain wisdom. All of these are uh, repeated many times in Proverbs. I'm not going to go through all of those texts. We'll see them as we go. But if you're thinking to yourself, okay, I recognize the value of wisdom. I want to seek after it and pursue wisdom, how can I do that? Number one, pray for wisdom. Uh, We just saw that in, in, uh, I think it was Proverbs 2, call out for insight. Uh, James 1 says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. We all have, in a sense, the same opportunity that Solomon had. If we will ask for wisdom, God says he will give it to us. Number two, read Proverbs. The book says it was written to give wisdom to the simple, so read it. Uh, Don't miss as much as you can, a single week during this study. Uh, Read it every day on your own at home. Uh, I mentioned to you last week, if you read one chapter a day, you'll get through it every month. And so what is today? The 28th, I think it is. You could read Proverbs 28 today and just kind of get on track that way. If you miss a a day, that's fine. Pick it up the next day. Uh, But get yourself immersed in the book of Proverbs. It's the wisest, I'm sorry, it's the book written by the wisest man who ever lived. And Proverbs says, One of its goals in being written is to make simple, I'm sorry, make wise the simple and to help the wise increase in wisdom, which means everyone in this room 
has the ability to grow in our wisdom. If you are wise, Proverbs says you can increase in wisdom by studying and reading Proverbs. And if you're simple, you can become wise. And so if at the end of this series, through the book of Proverbs, you walk away saying, you know what, I didn't really learn anything. I didn't really change anything about how I'm living. That means either I completely failed in teaching the book or you failed in listening because Proverbs has something to teach every single one of us. So the person truly seeking wisdom will spend time in Proverbs. Number three, don't be a scoffer. If you think you know it all, you'll never be wise. If you don't listen when someone tries to give you wisdom, you'll never acquire it. And so learn to actually listen to wisdom regardless of who is saying it and regardless of how it makes you feel in the moment. Proverbs 14 verse 6 says, A scoffer seeks wisdom in vain, but knowledge is easy for a man of understanding. So there's something just in how you hear and receive wisdom that has a lot to do with whether or not you will absorb it. So don't be a scoffer. Number four, spend as much time as possible with with wise influences. We're going to have a whole uh, sermon dedicated to this idea, but just to touch on it quickly, uh, Proverbs says many times and in different ways, he who walks with wise men will be wise. I think this includes friendships, family members, coworkers. Basically, look around your life and ask yourself, who are the wisest people that I know? Who's good at making decisions? Whose life seems to be well-balanced and successful in all the ways that matter the most? And then spend time with that person. Learn from them. uh, Talk to them. And especially, listen to them. Spend as much time as possible being influenced by wise people and not fools. And I think this also applies to media, which influences us uh, quite a bit these days. Uh, Books, podcasts, YouTube videos, whatever, all of that is influencing you. And so does does the media that you consume and the books that you read, the friends on your social media accounts, do all of those influences make you wiser or more foolish? Find the wise people and learn from them. Friend them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter, read their books, listen to their podcasts. It doesn't even have to be super spiritual, I don't think. A few months ago, I I found a course on YouTube on logic, and I figured, hey, I could learn something from this, and I did. Uh, That's better than watching mindless stuff that just wastes our time. And I think uh, many of you, like me, have a job where you have some freedom. Uh, You can have your earbuds in. Some of you can even watch stuff on your phone. I'm kind of jealous of that. I wish I could read at work, but I can't. Uh, But think of how you might be able to use that time wisely to actually increase your wisdom and knowledge. I'm not saying you can never enjoy something silly, uh, but you should at least use some of that time to learn and to increase your wisdom. Number five, recognize the source of wisdom. Uh, Hopefully you know, after all the passages we've been walking through, it's sort of been hinted at that God is the ultimate source of wisdom. Uh, Remember, Solomon didn't just come up with this stuff and write the book of Proverbs out of his own thinking. God gave him the wisdom that he had. And ultimately, the only truly wise man is the one who knows God and learns his ways. And this leads to the last section of the sermon today, the foundation of wisdom. Uh, Back to Proverbs chapter 2. We read this a moment ago. A moment ago, I want to zoom in on the last couple of verses of that passage. It says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight 
and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The foundation of wisdom in the book of Proverbs is fearing the Lord. Uh, Notice that seeking for wisdom like treasure, spending your life pursuing wisdom and understanding, leads to finding the knowledge of God and understanding the fear of the Lord. In other words, knowing and honoring God is wisdom. That's what wisdom is. He is the source of wisdom. And what it means to live wisely in this life is to learn God's ways and follow them. Seek wisdom and you'll find God. Find God and you'll gain wisdom. Verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then, once you find the fear of the Lord, once you acquire the wisdom that God offers, Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Only when you know God can you be truly wise. Only when you properly understand the fear of the Lord will you really understand anything else in life. And this brings us to perhaps the key verse in all of the book of Proverbs. Right in the very beginning of the book, In the first chapter, Solomon is laying the foundation of everything he's going to say about wisdom. And in verse 7 of Proverbs 1, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And in case you didn't get it, he repeats it again in chapter 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So the fear of the Lord is a disposition or a mindset that is essential to internalizing wisdom. Remember we said last week that Proverbs is less concerned about telling you what the wise decision is in every situation in life and more concerned with helping you become the type of person who makes wise decisions. And the main mindset that you have to have to be a wise person, according to Proverbs, is the fear of the Lord. You will never become wise apart from fearing the Lord. If you want a very simplified definition of what the fear of the Lord is, it's when you care most what God thinks. That's my definition. Here's Charles Bridges. This is a more uh, expanded definition of the fear of the Lord. He says, It is that affectionate reverence by which the child of God bends himself humbly and carefully to his father's law. His wrath is so bitter And his love so sweet that hence springs an earnest desire to please him. And because of the danger of coming short from his own weakness and temptations, a holy watchfulness and fear that he might not sin against him. So the fear of the Lord is when you care most what God thinks. The book of Proverbs doesn't make any sense if God doesn't exist. The book presupposes that we are trying to live our lives to the glory of God. It leads us to a successful life if what we mean by success is God's definition of success. If God doesn't exist, then that changes everything. If God doesn't exist, then what it means to live wisely is really anybody's guess. But in order to make a wise decision, you have to start with clarity on the end goal. Uh, Before you can ask what decisions 
will lead to the outcome of life that I'm seeking after, you first have to know what that outcome is that you want. You need a clear picture before you can start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And so the foundation of wisdom in everyday life is knowing God. Because when you know the one true and living God, you can orient your entire life around him and his word. And then you can live in a way that honors and glorifies him, which then leads to his blessing on your life now and the eternal reward that awaits you. And so Proverbs is telling us how to live well as a follower of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is not just learning some principles and mechanically applying them to our lives so as to be successful and fulfilled. No, wisdom is knowing God and seeking to live a life glorifying to him. Wisdom is orienting everything in my life around God's wisdom and his principles, God's view of justice and success, what God says is the good life. And so Proverbs presents the foundation of all wisdom as fearing the Lord. And by the way, this isn't just something that uh, Solomon came up with. This is repeated many times in Scripture and other books. Uh, For example, Job 28, verse 28. He said, uh, and he said to man, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to turn away from evil is understanding. Uh, Isaiah writes in chapter 11 of the Messiah, he says, The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So again, you see the connection between wisdom and fearing the Lord. And then Proverbs 111, this is King David writing. He says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, Seems like Solomon, as wise as he was, still had something to learn from his dad. All those who practice it have a good understanding. Notice the fear of the Lord is defined there as something you do. You practice the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord has nothing, I'm sorry, has everything to do with how we actually live, the decisions that we make, the priorities of our life. It's living as though God really exists and we really will stand before him one day. One of the main lessons that we're going to learn throughout this series is that we've never really thought enough about anything. I said that on Wednesday night. I want to explain what I meant by that. Proverbs calls us to think and study and meditate specifically as a follower of God, to learn the practical discipline of centering all of our thoughts and all of our actions on God. What does it mean to honor the Lord with my money? How can I speak in a way that would please the Lord? What does God think about my attitude? These are the questions that Proverbs is most concerned with answering, because this is what fearing the Lord is, being most concerned with what God thinks about how I'm living my life. It's asking in every decision in life, what does God want me to do? That's not just a question you ask yourself. That's the first question. God's opinion of what you're doing isn't just one concern. It's the primary concern. And Proverbs says, when you get this right, when you get this mindset of living your life to please and glorify the Lord, it will orient the rest of your life in a wise direction. It's the true north to set your compass by. And if you get the fear of the Lord wrong, if you don't really care what God thinks of how you live, you will never be wise. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, then rejection of the Lord is the beginning of foolishness. 
This is why Psalm 14.1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Atheism is the height of folly because God is the source of all wisdom. So when you turn from God and you seek other sources of wisdom, other sources to guide your life, you're going to end up in foolishness. A proper recognition or fear of God is the only entrance to the path of true wisdom. A good example of this is the parable that Jesus told of the rich fool. We're not going to take time to go through it now, but if you go to Luke's Gospel, uh, Jesus tells a story about a farmer who had a very successful crop, had a great harvest, which in those days that meant you you gained a lot of money. That was your wealth, uh, was your harvest as a farmer. It was such a great harvest that this farmer didn't have enough room for it. And so he decided to build bigger barns in order to store up more and more of it so that he would be financially set for many years to come. Now the world would call such a person wise. But in the parable, somewhat shockingly, God appears to this farmer in the night and his first words to him are, you fool. God informs this man that despite all of his planning, he was going to die that night and stand before God. All of his money would be gone. It would be meaningless. And because he had been living his life only thinking about earthly concerns and he hadn't thought about his standing before God, he had lived foolishly and would face God's judgment. That parable illustrates well how a person who lives as if there is no God is always a fool, no matter how successful he may seem to be in this life. That success is temporary. The only way to live a truly eternally wise life is to fear God and live to his glory. Proverbs 15 verse 33 says, The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Proverbs will not benefit you if you think you're wiser than God, if you're reading the book skeptically. You must approach the book of Proverbs with with a humble desire to learn and grow and to allow your perspectives to be challenged and changed by the wisdom that Proverbs offers to you. And that starts by recognizing who God is and that he is the source of all wisdom. If the rich fool in the parable of Jesus illustrates the person who doesn't fear God, perhaps the best example in uh, the Bible, and of course there's many, of someone positively that feared the Lord well, would be the Hebrew midwives in the book of Exodus. If you want to see what fearing the Lord looks like, look at Exodus 1 verse 15. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shifra and the other Pua, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. So very clear instructions given here by the king of Egypt. If a baby boy is born, you are to kill it. Verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them but they let the male children live. Uh, No doubt they feared the king of Egypt. They feared what he might do if they disobeyed his direct orders like this. But apparently they feared God more. They were most concerned with what God thought. And so verse 20 says, God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, because they cared most what he thought, he gave them families. Fearing the Lord means you want to please God more than anything else in your life. And Proverbs says you cannot be wise, you cannot be successful 
apart from believing in God, knowing God, and living for God. You might appear successful for a while. Maybe others will think of you as wise, but you are not. And you cannot fear the Lord without that resulting in a rearranging of your life and priorities. So the fool has said in his heart, uh, in the core of his being, the center of his existence, he says, there is no God. And from that starting point, he lives and makes decisions as if there is no God. If in your heart, if it is the core of your being that you fear the Lord, then that will determine how you live your life. That becomes the guiding principle in everything. In every decision, you'll consider what God would prefer you to do. And so here's a very practical question for you. Do you live as though God doesn't exist? How would your life be qualitatively different if there was no God? Uh, Aside from being in church this morning. Okay, let's think a little deeper than that. Uh, How about tomorrow? How about this week? How would you live this week differently if there was no God? Wisdom begins with a proper recognition of God, that this is his world, that he designed it, and that he's in control of it. And so we ought to listen to his directions. He gets to define good and evil. I submit to him. The fear of the Lord reverberates through the book of Proverbs because wisdom depends so much on rightly understanding the world. If God created the world, the only way to correctly understand our life is to acknowledge God at the center of everything. Everything in our lives must be understood in relationship to him. So there are many kinds of fools. There are many areas of life in which to be foolish. But the ultimate foolishness is to make something other than God the center of your life. And so the question for each of us at the start of this series is will you decide that you're going to obey whatever God says about any area of your life, regardless of whether or not you immediately agree with it, regardless of whether or not it seems wise to you? If not, you're thinking that you're wiser than God. Fearing God is prioritizing what he thinks over even what I think. Uh, Some of us live for the the approval of others. Uh, We fear parents. We fear peers. We fear the culture around us. Maybe we just fear ourselves. We do whatever is right in our eyes. Fearing the Lord is caring most what God's opinion is. I'm sure we'll come back to this section again in the future, but I just want to close with the words of Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This is a great description of what it means to live in the fear of the Lord. Trust in him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own thinking. Instead, Proverbs says, acknowledge God in all your ways and then let him direct your path. Is that you? Do you care most what God thinks about every area of your life? That's the true north. That's the center, the foundation of all wisdom. That's what all of us should be living for, the approval of our Heavenly Father. And only when we make that our ambition, our main concern to please the Lord, that is the only entrance to wisdom.